Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigSceneDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. An excerpt from Marvel.com describes Wolverine as a mutant with unstoppable healing power, adamantium metal claws, and no-nonsense attitude that makes the man called Logan one of the most ferocious heroes in the universe. In this episode, I'm going to tell you a similar story about the way our next Hall of Famer played on the gridiron, which ended up earning him the nickname Weapon X. Welcome to the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. Your host is Arnie Chapman. Football is his passion, and he wants you Come along with him to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board his DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. This time as we step off our DeLorean, the date is October 13, 1973, and we are in Jacksonville, Florida. And yes, this is episode 6 of an 8-part series where I'm releasing a daily episode about each one of the 2018 Hall of Fame class mini-profiles. So yeah, these are shorter episodes, and they're going to be released all the way up until August 4th, which is the Day of Enshrinement. But before I get started with this episode, I wanted to remind you to head to thefootballhistorydude.com for the show notes, and to make sure you mash that little subscribe button on your podcast player of choice, so you get the hottest, freshest off the press episodes each and every week. I'd also appreciate if you headed over there and gave me an honest review of the show, so I know where I gotta get to going. But now let's get to October 13th. 1973. Like I said, we're in Jacksonville, Florida. That is where the hero of our story was born. This time we're referring to 2018 class Hall of Famer Brian Dawkins. And at 5 foot 11 inches, 200 pounds, he wasn't necessarily the biggest dude on the field, but that nickname I said, Weapon X, that referred to his Wolverine-like style of play on the field and just seemed to keep on coming at you no matter what you threw at him. He would play college ball at Clemson. Then he would be drafted in the second round, number 61 overall, by the Philadelphia Eagles in 1996. He would play 13 games for those Eagles, and then he would end up playing three for the Broncos. He was known for his huge hits, motivational speeches, insane tenacity, impossible turnovers, sack artists, and everything in between. But he was also the heart and soul for the Eagles. I mean, it was cool to see him come back for his. Basically, you could call it his retirement. He came out of the tunnel for the last time. And it wasn't like shoulder pads and all that kind of thing. Like he wasn't game ready. It was just him coming out. And the way that he came out of the tunnel, celebrated great plays and everything was just extremely unique. And definitely go over and check it out if you haven't seen what I'm talking about. So on the field, he was just all over the place. But if you were to ask most fans that remember him playing what they thought was his greatest play of all time, they will often refer to the 2004 
NFC Championship game, where Michael Vick took the snap, dropped back a few, maybe three or five steps, zipped a bullet over to LG Crumpler, screaming down the middle of the field. And then in comes Brian Dawkins just out of nowhere and just smashes into him, basically just stops him dead in his tracks and just gets up, kind of looks at him and just walks away. I mean, LG Crumpler, he was a big boy. And it was said that that play, as in the hit that he made on LG Crumpler, basically set the tone for the Eagles for the rest of the game. And that helped propel the Eagles to the Super Bowl. Now, this is the same year, the Super Bowl that we talked about in the last episode, where Terrell Owens would make that heroic comeback. But I'm telling you, I don't think that that was his uh, greatest hit of all time. And I'm sure there's many others. But I saw this one hit on YouTube where he was running and he came up to smoke Jerome Bettis, the bus. I mean, the bus was basically at a head full of steam running at him and knew he was going to hit him. And he still knocked him back. That, to me, was more impressive. Sure, hitting Algie Crumpler and the way he did and the, the moment of the game and what it meant to get into the Super Bowl and that kind of thing. But Algie Crumpler was like almost like a defensive receiver. You had the bus coming out on you. And you fighting his tires. And like I said, that was like just one of the plays that I saw. I mean, I got I was fortunate enough to now we're in the era where I remember, you know, growing up watching these guys and being able to root for him and everything. And I was just, I always thought Brian Dawkins just looked so cool with that, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles jersey. And then he had that dark visor all the time. It's just it's like, man, I don't know what's behind there. You know, who is it? Is it a superhero and that kind of thing? And uh, apparently it was because he was Weapon X. And obviously, he had a great career because he's being inducted to the Hall of Fame this year with the final stat line of 1,131 tackles, 895 of which were solo. He had 37 interceptions, returned for 513 yards and two touchdowns. He had 26 sacks and 19 fumble recoveries. He was the Eagles defensive MVP for five different seasons. And like I said, he was the heart and soul. I mean, when he was on the field, you knew they stood a chance. He helped the Eagles to eight playoff appearances. And in a span of four years, they made the NFC Championship like every single year. It was always like, who are the Eagles playing this year? Granted, they only went to the Super Bowl one time, but he did his best to get him there. Dawkins was uh, all pro five different times, as well as earning his way to nine different Pro Bowls. And of course, he was voted to the All-Decades team for the 2000s. But he was also a member of Eagles 75th anniversary team and a member of the exclusive NFL Defensive Club. What this means is when a player has at least 35 career interceptions and 20 career sacks, then they're basically just an exclusive NFL player because it's not normal for someone to be able to be in the backfield like that, you know, playing center field, roaming down there, just tossing down, catching the ball, and also getting up there gritty nitty close to the line and playing with the big boys with his hand in the sand, basically saying, I'm coming after you. Now, he really didn't get down, like, you know, in the three-point stance or anything like that, but he would blitz, like, nobody's business. I just remember seeing plays of him, like, flying, like, fly like an eagle, you know, just like the team he played for. But he was also known for his off-the-field contributions as well. When he was with the Denver Broncos for one of his few years there at the end of his career, he earned the Ed Block Courage Award. So just an overall amazing player on the field but also a standout, standout player off the field with his teammates as well as in the community. Another reason why he's one of the good guys that definitely, definitely deserved to be in the Hall of Fame class this year. And when he is inducted into the Hall of Fame, 
he's going to have Troy Vincent, his former teammate at Philadelphia, to present him. I don't know about you, but I remember playing Madden so many years when, you know, Diamond McNabb was there and such, and even that year with Terrell Owens, where you had Troy Vincent, Brian Dawkins, you know, on the defense. It was always like, okay, I got these guys here. And even the, the one year they had Asante Samuel, and it was like, okay, I don't have to worry about my, I'm using quotes here, computer dudes covering the guys. I just got to focus on blitzing the quarterback. But that brings it to a close for this short little episode about Brian Dawkins' career. Again, as we get further along, we're going to discuss these different Hall of Famers and kind of a more detailed approach. But for now, tonight we have official NFL football. It is the first preseason game of the year for the year 2018. The Hall of Fame game between the Chicago Bears and the Baltimore Ravens. And yes, I know most of the starters will not play, or at least they won't play that much. But this is this is actual football, man. We are finally here. And in two days, you're going to hear each one of the guys that we talk about in this daily eight-part series walk across the stage, listen to their speech, and you get to watch them get inducted into the Hall of Fame. I mean, well, I'm, yeah, I know Terrell Owens will not be in Canton, but still, he is a 2018 member of this class, and he is going to be enshrined Saturday, August 4th. But for now, I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode of the Football History Dude, and were able to gain some knowledge nuggets about one of the greatest safeties in league history. Tomorrow, I'm going to cover the career of Brian Erlacher. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Football History Dude. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please subscribe on your podcast player of choice and head on over to thefootballhistorydude.com for the show notes and more information on the history of the NFL. And remember, dudes, where we're going, we don't need roads. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. This is Mark Mortier, and if you're a sports history fan like me, tune in and hear me talk about some great sports moments of the past. Growing up during the 1970s, I got to watch some of the most iconic moments in sports history. Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's home run record. Willis Reed limping out of the locker room in Game 7 of the NBA Finals at Madison Square Garden as the fans erupted with a thunderous ovation. The 1980 Miracle on Ice as Team USA defeated the powerful Soviet Union in the Olympics. Listen every Tuesday on Yesterday's Sports. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.